This is The Journey's Podcast, and I'm your host, Mark Stolo. Today I'm talking with Philip Horvath. Philip inspires, teaches, and advises change makers from artists to entrepreneurs and some of the most innovative and future oriented organizations around. Who could you become if you lived fully on purpose? What's interesting about your bio, well, first of all, I feel like we share a lot of things in, in common through our life, and there's a lot of areas of interest that that we've crossed paths on. But I, but I see things like yoga and alchemy and sh- shamanism and integral psychology and transpersonal psychology. It seems to me like you've spent a good chunk of your life on your own path of trying to uncover your own sense of purpose in the world. What was that journey like for you? How has it unfolded into the experience of who you are now? Well, I guess my whole purpose journey started really early because uh, I, th- I remember when I was about six or seven, I saw pictures of Earth from space. And it really, really bugged me because I talked to my parents. I'm like, why are we not acting that way? Why are we not acting like we live on one planet? This is really stupid. Why do we have these, you know, I saw the news with them and I saw war and I saw politicians having great ideas and talking about it and fighting, fighting, fighting and trying to figure out who's right. Right. And all these different people in the world having different gods, all trying to fight, find, fight over whose imaginary friend is the better one. And I was really frustrated by that. And, um, so that kind of started me on that whole purpose track in the first place. And still to this day, you know, I'm still finding that what really drives me is this idea of how can we get to a planetary society and really integrate as human beings. And uh, I actually find in my work with a lot of people around purpose, we kind of know from the little on, like I'd always say sort of the first injustice, right? When we first have that first experience of there's something not right with this world, somehow that keeps sticking with us and keeps bugging us in some way, shape or form. And we'll do something about that later. And then as you mentioned, yoga and those things that of course come, came from a slightly different perspective because what happened, I was one of those hyperactive children today. They would probably call me ADHD or something like that, you know, in, but I was super curious and interested and there were so many things I wanted to learn about. And I had a problem sitting still in school because it was just too slow. I wanted to learn more. Back then, fortunately, my dad just said, dude, you need to learn how to chill and gave me a bunch of yoga and meditation tapes when I was about 12 and said, here, go learn this. And so when I was about 12, I started to sit and learn how to sit still and breathe and pay attention to myself and become present to myself. And I was super fascinated that we had all these maps, right? For thousands of years, people have been looking at what does it mean to be a human being and how do we deal with that, right? How, what are the different aspects of us? I call it human operating system now, which is exactly what we're going through in that uh, purpose journey as well. Right? But it's, I was really fascinated that, to see that there's been so many people trying to figure out what it means to be a human and that there's actual progressions in this course. Just like if you look at alchemy, right? People think it means turning lead into gold, but really it's about turning material existence into wisdom, into beauty, into something of higher form. Right? And you can actually tell by the very first rule of alchemy, which is that the alchemist has to do whatever they do to the matter to themselves, right? So here we have this protochemistry aspect of, you know, dealing with matter and burning things and dissolving things and, you know, distilling things. But really what that means on a personal level is I learn how to deal with my needs, right? And my desires, and I learn how to frustrate them by purposely burning them out, right? And I learn how to dissolve myself and let go of my ego bullshit and let go of my, you know, attachments, right? Or I'm distilling wisdom from the experiences I'm having. So there's all these amazing maps that we've had. And we're actually now in this generation where, you know, we've been able to integrate that, right? You mentioned integral philosophy and Ken Wilber is one of my favorites too. He's one of those map 
makers, right? Who really went around and looked at all these different things that look, we're kind of talking about the same thing, right? We might have different words for it. We might have different narratives around it or different stories. But in the end, it's always about the human experience and how do we make our life meaningful, mm. right? Because we die one day and in all likelihood, at least, right? We have life extension and all that, but in all likelihood, we'll die one day. So how do we make use of this lifetime? Right? And in our society, people look shy away from death a lot when right? they try and avoid it and not look at it. But really, is if you look at death, that means I'm looking at life. Right? My relationship to death actually determines my relationship to life. And so that kind of was the origin of that really deep passion for how can we really live life to the fullest and be fully present here. And, you know, obviously I've been very excited about sharing that with people too, because I see so many people who sort of live lives of quiet desperation, right? Who go to a job every day that they kind of hate and with people that they don't even like. And they're checking their personality at the door and just kind of slugging through their day. And then they come home, maybe watch a little Netflix, and that was their life. Mm. Right? And it's such a waste. And it just really hurts me deep inside of my soul to see how many people are really not happy with being here. And how, even worse, how much of their creativity and how much of their human capacity is not activated. Mm -hmm. And how they're not bringing themselves into this world. Do you think that's what starts a journey towards living with purpose? Do you think it always begins with some level of dissatisfaction, some level of tension, conflict. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, if you think about transformation versus change, like change happens all the time, right? I mean, I've changed seven times since breakfast, right? We're constantly growing new cells. We're growing, constantly evolving, right? So everything is always changing. And then there's those moments of transformation and they're kind of this like quantum jump where suddenly who you were yesterday is not okay anymore and who you're going to be tomorrow is not clear yet maybe. And you're in this like, weird death experience and that's not really pleasant right and so most of the time that really only happens from one of two things i've seen one is aspiration and the other is dread right either i have a really really strong vision of who i could become and i'm really inspired to become a new person and so i'm going on a journey to make that happen right or my life has become so dreadful that i just can't take it anymore Right? And I really just need to change something. And oftentimes that needs to come first before that second thing happens. Right? And it's not by chance that a lot of people who go on this purpose journey had had some dark, dark transformational event, whether it's a death in the family or a sickness or a job loss or a relationship breakup or something that really shook them in the sense that who they thought they were going to be tomorrow is suddenly no longer viable. Mm -hmm. right? And so they say, Shh, I need to do something here. Right? And that's when they go and start exploring purpose, start exploring the deeper aspects of what it means to be a human. One of the things that I really love about your journey is that you, you challenge the assumption that the idea of purpose is some pie in the sky, extremely lofty. Mm -hmm. If I'm not having a marked impact on everyone on the planet, I'm not living with purpose. You, you bring it down to a kind of boots on the ground, get anchored in your day-to-day, -day, living through purpose in every moment. But maybe the, the Zen Buddhists would describe as, you know, chop wood, carry water. How does one live out purpose in the day-to-day -day and start to understand purpose as something more than just always being a lofty ambition that you're always kind of reaching for something that's enormous? Well, I think there's, there's two aspects to it. One is sort of the size of your vision here and what you want to do. Right. Like a friend of mine actually just posted something today, which I thought was cute. And he said, you know, can your purpose be to be a baker and make bread? 
right? And yes, we need bread in the world. And some people really love baking bread and they're really good at it. But I have this bakery on the corner for me and they make amazing bread and I love going there. And the people there are super happy young people. They're just, it's one of those younger hipster bakeries, but they're so excited about their bread and they, they, they can tell there's so much love and passion in the bread that they make, right? And so I think we uh, sort of forget that you know, not everybody has to save the children, the trees and the ocean and the whole planet, right? That's not what it's about. You don't have to be a huge thing. You have to do you, right? And I think this is really the key. You do you, right? And every one of us, like I said earlier, we have these things that bugged us or inspired us early on as children that we really want to actually do, right? And that, that make us light up and make us excited, right? And... So, you know, actually in the Eastern thought, this is concept of dharma. And dharma is often translated as sort of your duty or responsibility here in a way, your purpose. Right? And they say the first thing you know, there's five criteria. And the first thing you know is uh, when, when you're aligned with dharma, when you're really doing your thing, the first thing is that it's joyous to you. Right? You just love doing it. It's something that you would do for free. It's just something that makes you happy. Right? The second thing is that you're actually good at it. Right? Because a lot of people like playing the guitar, but there's very few rock stars, right? So you have to actually also be good at it, right? The third thing then when you found something that you love to do and that you're good at is to figure out how to benefit someone, right? Because otherwise it becomes your own ego show and your own ego trip, right? And it's really about ultimately your purpose has to serve someone else, right? Because that gives you also the sense of belonging and integration into this world, right? And then figure out how to make it sustainable and follow the synchronicities, right? That's sort of the, the five pieces into Dharma there, right? So I think it's really about finding out what's real for you. And then the second part in terms of the boots on the ground is really to say, coming back to what I said earlier, we have so many moments, right? If you look at your life, ultimately it's a summation of moments. And one day when you look, you know, we're just about to die, you don't want to look back and say, I've wasted all these moments. Mm -hmm. And so this is really about bringing purpose back into the moment and really just in every moment asking yourself, why am I doing this? Right? Why am I eating this right now? Why am I moving there? Why am I going to this job? Why am I with this person that I'm in a relationship with? Right? Why am I talking to you right now? Right? There has to be some purpose behind why we do what we do. And that's really where we can so easily, in a way, much more easily get a grip on a purposeful life than if you try and say, hey, I need to save it all and I need to be in the next Jesus. You know what I mean? That, that's not what it's about. It's about really knowing that you one day can die happily because you spend your moments with purpose because you spend your moments knowing why you did them. You mentioned the human operating system and it's a kind of a core tenant of the journey that you take people on in your purpose journey. Talk a bit more about how you move people in this journey through an awareness of the different human operating systems. And the human operating system is, you know, I, come from a techie world. I was a techie early on. So computers and things, that's hence operating system is a metaphor I like, right? And in a way, it's just a map, right? And as I said earlier, we've had throughout history, we've had thousands of people and over thousands of years, we've actually created maps, right, of the human operating system to say, hey, what does it mean to be me? Who, and really not just who am I, but who is I? Right? Because if I say, who am I? Then I say, oh, I'm Philip, and I grew up here, and I did this, and I tell, start telling stories about my life. Right? But if I go one step deeper and say, who, who actually is this I? Right? 
we're going to think, hey, what, what is this? Right? And I seem to have a body, right? And that I'm in, so I guess body is part of my human operating system. Right? I seem to have emotions, right? Things that move me or make me angry or happy or sad, right? So there seems to be this other circuit where, you know, we process something and I can think, right? I've learned how to put words to things. So I could, mama, mama, starting there to, oh, chair, table, thing, or what does this mean, right? And so we can think. And to some extent, you know, Alfred Kornkosipski actually talked about sort of levels of consciousness, when right? you have physical consciousness, sort of chemical binders, he calls them, which is the consciousness that we kind of have in common with plants. And that's sort of our body as well, right? And we have that brain stem that in a way regulates all our physical functions. And there seems to be some level of consciousness there, right? Then there's sort of the, he calls them space binders, people who can move towards or entities who can move towards something that they like and move away from something they don't like, like animals. Right? And this is sort of our limbic system, our emotional brain. Right? And then we have our capacity to think and put words to things, right? like the cards that I think, therefore I am. And somehow we think that that's me makes us human, but those are only the first three. Right? And they're actually not a hierarchy, but the holarchy. Right? I still have a body. I still have a physical consciousness. I have an emotional consciousness. I have a mental consciousness. But I also have relationships. Right? I have a sense of self and, and self in relation to the world around me. Right? So there's another circuit there in, in that operating system that's really talking about my relationships. And then I also have a voice. Right? And not just the voice that you're hearing right now, but voice in the, is a sort of metaphor for individuality. Right? Like nobody's ever been Mark before, nobody's ever been Philip before. Right? So there can't be a right way to be Philip or Mark or anybody who's listening. Nobody's ever been you before. Right? And so that's your unique expression. It's also part of you know who you are. And it's actually part of what the Romans called genius, sort of your higher self. Right? These, here's sort of my existential self, my body, emotions, and mind, and relationships in this world. And then I also have a voice, a unique voice that wants to come out, that actually we belong to in some ways, right? that wants to come express itself for us. Right? And we have the capacity for vision. We can imagine things. We can imagine the future. We're all very good about worrying, right? which is a form of imagination. It's just imagining the horrible things that can happen. And unfortunately, we've not been trained much to imagine the beautiful things that could also happen, but we have that capacity. And we have that sort of calling, right? That that, that thing that in every moment for our dreams or for little synchronicities or through people that we connect with that make us want to do something more, right? That actually, actually wants to guide us, right? And so what we're doing in those seven days is actually go through those seven different circuits, right? And each day look at, okay, how can I make that more purposeful? Right? How can I make more purpose for my relationship to my body, to my emotions, to my mind, to my relationships, voice, vision, and my calling? Right? And so we're really kind of moving up and I'm giving a quick intro into these different circuits and what they look like and how you can even know how, what it is. Right? And we're looking at kind of what goes in, what goes on, what comes out, like in any good system, input, process, output. And so that's kind of the structure for that journey is to give you a sense of what is my operating system and how can I, you know, make it more purposeful and looking at a couple of different exercises and tools that you can use to actually connect more purposefully. What do you think holds people back from getting in alignment with uh, a deeper sense of their purpose? What are some of the barriers and obstacles that trip people up? couple of things. I mean, habit, I would say habit and fear, right? I mean, habit in the sense that we're all little conditioned animals, right? And mother, father, preacher, teacher taught us who to be and how to be in the world. And uh, 
You might have heard about this concept of system one and system two, right? We have my somatic system, my body and my emotions. And I have sort of my higher self, my rational capacities. And there's this beautiful metaphor of the, the elephant and the rider. Right. And in a way, these bottom parts are sort of the elephant and up, up on top, I'm sitting here as sort of this conscious version of myself that's trying to steer this elephant a little bit, you know, but that elephant is really strong and really, you know, has a very strong opinion about things, you know, and sometimes you want to go here and the elephant goes here. Right. I mean, we all know how, you know, if you think about habits, you know, we all know how difficult it is to quit sugar or quit nicotine or quit alcohol or quit things that we're sort of accustomed to. Right. And so these habits are really strong. So one thing that holds people back is just habit, right? And just really giving in again and again to how we've been conditioned to do things or how to look at the world. And we just give in because it's easier to just do the things we've always done. The second thing is when you actually do want to change something, that there's a lot of fear there, right? And anxiety. And uh, Kierkegaard said that anxiety is a dizziness of freedom, right? Because when we look at who we want to be and who we are, there's a disconnect there sometimes, right? And it's really scary, right? To become someone new, right? Because to become someone new might mean you have to change who you are in terms of, you know, your physical self or emotional self, but also in terms of relationships, right? Oftentimes people stay in really crappy relationships because they're afraid to be alone. Right? And they're afraid to not find anybody else again one day. Right? And so there's a lot of fear, even though we might have that disconnect. And that's what I said earlier, until the dread gets so bad that we just have to transform. Right? We oftentimes do things that are really stupid or not helpful to us and to our purpose. You know what I mean? But we're so afraid of what it means to not know. Right, because we're also trained to be certain. Right, if you go most school systems, pretty much train you for this fixed mindset. Right, where you really just want certainty. You want to know what's right. You know, what I mean, so that you don't get punished for having the wrong answer. Right, and really, you pretend or we pretend in our world that this is a relative certain world. Right, but we've been learning over the years that it's actually not necessarily that certain. Right, there's a lot of uncertainty, and people talk about VUCA world, right, that we kind of now live in, where it's volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. It used to be a military term, you know, for those special situations when you send your special forces in. Well, now VUCA is pretty normal. Right. And it actually kind of ha always has been normal. Right. If you look at the history of humanity, we've been in this weird little relatively stable time for the last few decades. Right. But before then, pretty much there's been wars and there's been famines and there's been disasters and there's been all kinds of things happening and really around the world. I mean, we also have to be conscious of the fact that we, you know, are living in a little bubble in some countries, right, where it seems like it's relatively stable, but you look a little bit outside that and look a little bit wider into uh, what else is going on in the world. And there's a lot of people who've never had certainty or stability. Mm -hmm. right? And so really becoming comfortable with uncertainty is part of that journey as well, right? Because we don't know who we're going to be tomorrow and then we can be afraid of it or we can shift that into this really super magical adventure to say, cool, who could I be tomorrow? Right? Or who could I be today? Right? How, how can I grow from this situation? Right? But that takes a bit of practice to get into that mindset, you know, and where we actually realize that uncertainty is actually our friend. Right? Because it, doesn't, it means that we have the opportunity to grow and evolve rather than having to be somebody static. People start getting more in line with a feeling of purpose. What, what manifests? What changes? A lot of things, I think, actually. It depends on, of course, your particular situation and who you are. Uh, as I said, you know, you might 
change relationships or you might change jobs or you might change, you know, even where you live or how you eat, you know what I mean? So your body might change, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of things that can happen and coming back to that operating system, depending on where you put your focus, you know, also things change, right? If I, for example, decide that I want to be healthy and strong and I start working out every day, your body will change, right? Or if I realize that I'm constantly in toxic environments where people are really nasty to me, you know, and I remove myself, suddenly my life becomes really nice because people are not constantly dumping on me you know i mean so there's kind of those kind of things and of course there's also you know potentially some periods where you're like go oh shit what's going on right because you don't really understand the world anymore because you knew what you were who you were yesterday and how you were doing things but you don't really know anymore right and so there can be certain uncertainty or can also be periods of even darkness what i've experienced it myself in my life when you know i've had periods too when i was kind of confused about purpose and i even though on the one hand i felt like i always knew what that purpose was but i couldn't connect that with living here right i couldn't connect that with how i'm showing up every day and what pays my rent and that was really frustrating and painful you know i mean and so there can be that period as well that can happen but ultimately if you do you know that's a beautiful thing of having some guidance so having mentors or having an app like huddle you know where you have a companion that can be with you on that journey so at least you know you're not just alone in this right i mean so many people over the centuries have had to do this journey by themselves right because we didn't have information we didn't have the maps right and some of these maps were hidden and occult and hermetically sealed somewhere right they weren't available to people now they're available and this is really the good news is that today we have the maps we have the information we have the community right and this is really the uh, the part that makes that whole process much much easier and uh, allows you to actually go on that journey even deal with the dark times because you have some guidance and support as we think about the people listening to the podcast who are imagining what it would be like to go on this journey with you who do you think would be best served by going on this journey well, I think anybody who's kind of woken up to purpose, right? I think a lot of, especially, you know, in these sort of current times when we do see more and we can see more about what's happening in the world, people are looking at their lives going, hmm, well, what am I doing? Why am I going to this job every day? Right? Why am I doing this? And people really who are asking, beginning to ask why, right? and beginning to say, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Why am I, why am I live, living? Right? Why am I alive and how can I be more alive? Right? So I think really my journey is focused on people who are waking up to the idea of purpose and maybe even feel a little overwhelmed by what that means, right? But they think they have to save the planet still, you know, to find purpose and to kind of give them a bit of comfort to say, hey, it's not that huge of a deal. Start small, right? Start with you and really connecting to yourself. And that's what I'm attempting to do in this journey is to really give you some tools to say, how do, can you connect to yourself and really become purposeful in how you do things and how you approach things? And then, you know, continue to, and the journey ends with the idea of calling as the last session, right? Where it's really about connecting to that calling more. And really people who are interested in connecting to that and saying, I want to really live my life here meaningfully. I want to feel like I have impact in the world. And I'm going to one day look back at my life and say, I, I really rocked this. I did my very best and I did, you know, what I could to, to be me as much as I can be. Keep on exploring. Philip invites you to go on a huddle journey to how to live a purposeful life, aligning yourself with your calling.